So before I start this episode, I just want to acknowledge that today is the eight-year anniversary. Anniversary is the right word, but eight years ago today, uh, I lost my dad. And because I couldn't handle it very well, I almost lost everything else. But I didn't. And eight years later, I'm happy again. So this episode is for my dad. Just start the show, Jay. Well, hello. Welcome back to Between the Lines, the podcast. I'm Jay Lind, and I'll be your host. This is episode five of the podcast, and once again, I've been overwhelmed by the positive response thus far. The BTL, the podcast, continues to attract new followers, and people are listening, and it's already having a positive impact in the lives of others. I couldn't be happier. I'm starting to believe that this is the beginning of something beautiful. Special BTL shout-outs today go to Maggie, Julie, and Marge, and this week only one of them is my aunt, all who reached out to say that they have been enjoying the podcast. Anyway, if anyone else out there has been listening and learning, please remember to rate, review, and follow Between the Lines on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or drop me an email at betweenthelinesmemoir at gmail.com. And if you'd like to help support my mission to spread, spread kindness, positivity, and hope, please click the support the podcast link at the end of the episode notes. Whatever you can do to help would be much appreciated and put directly into improving the quality and consistency of the podcast. And as a celebration of the early success of the podcast, I will send a signed copy of my book to the next five people who sign up to support Between the Lines, the podcast. You heard that right. Five lucky people will get a free book. Now, my signature might actually decrease the value of the book, but you'd still get a free book. But more importantly than that, or anything else, thank you for listening. Today, I will be interviewing Herbert, an alcoholic in recovery, who I first met almost seven years ago during my five-week stay at an inpatient treatment center for addicts and alcoholics. But before I get to that, this is the good news. This story comes from corporate America, of all places. And today's good news involves Heinz, most famous for their ketchup, but often overlooked for their tasty Heinz 57 steak sauce. They have moved on from the squeezable plastic bottles. The company announced their move to the Ketchup Bottle of Tomorrow, a totally renewable and recyclable bottle made entirely of sustainably sourced wood pulp. And I know I just made that sound silly. But think of all the plastic ketchup bottles filling landfills around the world today. Good work, Heinz. May all of the other condiment conglomerates follow your lead. Condiment conglomerates. I said that. Condiment conglomerates. May they all follow your lead. And that was the good news. Now, let's get to the interview already.
So my guest today is Herbert. And as I said in the intro, I first met Herbert almost seven years ago. The two of us checked into rehab in the Northwoods of Minnesota just a few days apart. And Herbert, which makes one of us, has been clean and sober ever since. And that is no small task. In fact, it's extraordinary. It almost never works like that. But Herbert is an extraordinary man, as you will soon find out. Also, like many of my relatives, Herbert has lived in Minnesota for most, if not all, of his life. But unlike any of my relatives, Herbert is a biostatistician, which is a word I just had to look up. But in more important news, Herbert is celebrating his 55th birthday today. Uh, I hope that was okay for me to say, Herb. Anyway, welcome to the podcast, buddy. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good, brother. How are you doing? Doing great. Happy birthday. Thank you. You don't look a day over 54. 54. <laughs> <laughs> I'm riding 54 good. That's, that's right, buddy. Uh, so I want to jump right into it. Um, when we were in rehab together, um, I remember uh, so clearly the day that you had to tell your story to the group of men in our unit, as we, I think we called it, was it, we called it our house or unit? Do you remember what it was? Unit. A unit, yeah, in our unit. unit. Uh, yeah. I remember one moment in particular of, the, of, uh, of your story but that I want to get to later if we have time. Um, but for now, why don't you tell my listeners about your journey into and through alcoholism. And I want you, you know, go back as far as you want to go uh, to get it started. So uh, why don't you get that going? All right. Yeah, well, so sure enough, uh, first off, thanks for inviting me here. It's, uh, it's great. This is, this is good. You're, you're doing a good service for the, for the recovery community and the non-recovery community. I'll say that. I appreciate that. Thank you, man. Yeah, you're welcome. So, um, yeah, I, uh, uh, about seven years ago, I, I got six and a half coming up, I guess, uh, got clean there at the great North woods, uh, treatment center. <laughs> That's right. That's what they should <laughs> rename it. They, they should rename it the great North woods treatment center. <laughs> they, they should. That's what everybody calls it anyway. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Yeah. And so, uh, up until that point, Actually, the day that I left, I finished my last beer. I actually say the night before I had, day before I was planning this out because I knew I was gone for mm -hmm. 10 days or whatever. And uh, get myself, I was going to save myself eight beer. Or I was going to, yeah, for eight beer, that was going to be six the night before. And uh, which is paltry compared to the usual situation. But, mm -hmm. you know, I thought I'd put on a good show. And then that would save me another two for the next day, which wasn't going to be enough for sure, but, you know, it would do for the ride. Right. Yeah. So once you know it, the night before, guess what I did? You even got more beer. No, I drank. Well, drank them all. <laughs> should have got more. No, <laughs> I should have really gotten it. No, I drank up all my eight. Yeah. Which left me with nothing. Left me with nothing. And uh, I had to, had to go ask my uh, neighbor who fortunately is also an alcoholic and drank the same beer as I did. <laughs> I always had some cold, just like me. Yeah. Uh, if, if she could spare me a couple and she's a good soul. So she did. So that was my last day drinking October 20, not October 17th, 2015. Nice. For that, I, I drank intensely for, I was always, basically I was a, a beer drinker. I'd have a little whiskey and 
get into that wine a little bit, um, you know, whatever, but drink every day for uh, a long ass time. I mean, 1986 for sure. Uh, 86 was kind of a tough year for me. You got my financial aid got cut a uh, tough time in my freshman year and felt like I was going nowhere, driving a school bus, uh, you know, and didn't have any prospect man i was like 19 years old and i was just i was looking at it like my life's over i'm gonna be a school bus driver if i can or whatever mm-hmm. do that. anyhow started drinking that and then about 1990 i went my girlfriend at the time went over to ireland and uh i went to ireland a few months later six months later something like that and i remember distinctly walking i was walking up the, the street and I'd stopped in this pub a couple of times before, you know, on the way home just to have, you know, chill out, whatever, probably more than a couple of times, but it wasn't like every time or anything. But anyway, one day I was like, I'm not going to go up to that pub today. I'm going to walk right on by that pub. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking up, walking up the street and damn, took that left-hand turn, had to go in there. I was drawn into that pub mm-hmm. and I knew nobody in there knew me. And I, and I didn't have anybody to talk to. And I don't think they even had TVs because it's a pub in Ireland. They didn't really get into that. It's just a pub and it's dark, like all the pubs. It's nice and all, but they had my, uh, they had my uh, Guinness there. They had my Smittix. That was Smittix at the time. I sort of graduated to Guinness, but no, I was, right I, then. I, I, just as soon as you said it. Well, first <laughs> of all, Ireland, uh, what a great place to, to drink beer. Yeah, uh, but Guinness was my was my beer too, man. And I, and I've been to Ireland a couple of times, and oh yeah, that those there's and there's as you know you might expect there's a pub just about every corner uh, in yep. every little town and big town uh, in Ireland, uh, and that's my uh, my favorite beer sitting right there. And they're happy to pour them for you anytime. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you got to put your your order in. You got to be looking forward though. Yeah, oh, yeah, it takes a while. Like seven <laughs> minutes to, to get your beer right. So. No doubt. So I remember I was sitting at that bar, you know, and it came to me, it just came to me. I was like, I had to get that beer. Like, here I am. I, I said I wasn't going to do it. Here I am. I'm drinking beer. I am drinking beer when I said I wasn't going to do it only to myself. Nobody else around. So that was kind of a turning point or a little, not a turning point, but an eye, eye opener for me and uh yeah and so then it just kind of carried on from there i had a girlfriend uh that same girlfriend for about four years we broke up and then i was living by myself i would just drink more and more and i just and i was in college and then i was in grad school and i would just be oh yeah and i smoked up all the weed too and so i'd have a little smoke and have to drink a little more smoke a little more drink and all that and uh doing things i shouldn't do smoking weed before going to graduate school bio statistics classes at nine in the morning <laughs> before <laughs> exams completely oh. bombed the test because i was like oh shit i took too much yep i didn't mean to take that second hit but i did but yeah you know um and then it just kind of carried on and and um really started getting kind of depressed with my whole life uh, um, and the more i got depressed with it the more i just settled in and drank i was like oh, fuck it, i'll just drink at least i can you know try to escape that pain i guess of living in the suburbs wearing my little casual business casual (laughs) working in a cube on a computer 
mm-hmm. all the things I didn't want to do. I, you know, I had some ideas when I was a kid and loved the outdoors. And instead I was working, like I just said. So yeah. anyway, um, I just settled into to drinking and I was like, I'm going to make a go of it. And I, and I did. But on the other hand, I also remember kind of like being, you know, I'm not done yet. I'm not done with this drinking. I there's something I'm it's not necessarily even looking for, but the looking for was just this open experience of being not only inebriated, you know, thoroughly inebriated, not necessarily completely bonker inebriated, inebriated, but thoroughly inebriated in those last few hours before I go to bed and you're thinking and just kind of slow mind and sitting hanging in there and and that so there's that part of it but there's also also the long view of it like what am I doing there's something that I'm looking for in my life you know and so I think uh in some ways I remember I'm going to skip up a little bit here. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I remember going to this is a AA meeting early on my first year. And I went to a lot of meetings in a in AA my first year, five, six meetings a week for, you know, months, a year and a half, something like that. Um, but there were these these guys there who would sit around, most of them were guys, and they'd, they'd be talking about, ah, I'm, you know, John. Grateful alcoholic. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I'd be sitting there going, like, hell are you grateful for? You know, like, come on. You know, you just I figured it was just kind of like just getting getting by. At least, you yeah. know, you're not got not the misery, but I didn't really believe this grateful stuff. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days for sure. <laughs> but I was intrigued because they seemed to believe it, you know. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they didn't get any pushback from the other characters there and they're all nodding their head like yep 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 <laughs> i'm sitting there going i don't know about that you know so anyway but um i can say now that i am a grateful alcoholic i think because maybe because i like i'm an or was an english teacher and like a, a words person but it sounds to me like you're grateful that you're an alcoholic mm. <laughs> like I'm, I'm a grateful alcoholic i really they're saying i'm an alcoholic but i'm grateful you know it's really you're grateful about everything else <laughs> and, yeah. you're an, and you're an alcoholic yeah no i i think that uh because of my experiences um and the misery that i was was in um doing my you know my practice of drinking and and uh mulling things over and all that good stuff um it led me to a, a beautiful place in recovery after that. It's a, I don't know that I would have the similar experience if I hadn't done that. Yeah. I hadn't, you know, with my, the way I, my recovery is and whatnot. Like the other day I was out there in my driveway and the sun was shining and, you know, it's springtime and we got this retaining wall and there's, there's these two little tufts of grass that are like growing up they're probably like crabgrass or something but <laughs> right <laughs> they're like you know growing up all spriggy and stuff and i like i walked over there and i was looking at them real close and then i noticed there was another one in the other crack and i was you know just checking it out and being like oh this is great you know sun shining 
you know, how beautiful is this? I'm on top of a hill, you know, in Duluth and I can see the lake and I can see the weather. Sometimes I'm above the weather. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because that <laughs> yeah, lake, cool. the weather just sucks it up. And so anyway, there I am and I'm, you know, I look close and what do I see between these two sprigs of grass there is a bead of water. And I said, oh my God, there's a bead of water. And I'm looking at it and I look to the left, I look to the right and I'm trying to catch the morning sun on the, on the web that I know must be there. Yeah. I know it must, but I can't see it, but I can see the water. Wow. You know what I'm saying? These are the sorts of things that I really appreciate now in my, that I've learned that there's beauty in like every moment. You just wrote a poem, I think, as you were describing that, that moment. And, you know, you're right. So I, in, in, uh, a minute ago, I was kind of making like, like being grateful to be an alcoholic or an addict um, because of how horrible it was like how horrible it felt that sounds crazy and it, it really was it's torture it's, it's it's something i don't wish on anybody you know um but i do have to say you know and, and i feel bad saying it like like you are like especially because i think maybe in my addiction things are a little different um but i hurt so many people so when i go well you know what if it weren't for all that horrible shit that i that i did and went through then i then i wouldn't appreciate moments like that i know exactly what you mean when you're talking about those blades of grass and that and that drop of water like that's that's the kind of thing it's like you know it's cheesy as it is like uh, you have a a near-death experience and all of a sudden you appreciate all the little things well we had a near-death experience the two of us (laughs) you and i for a long period of time uh so it's like a really extended uh near-death experience um which really makes you appreciate everything and gives you perspective that you would never had that I wish I had my whole life that I wish everybody had. So like, you know, maybe I'm a grateful addict too. (laughs) There you go. So what got you like, what was the, what got you into, you know, got you to that moment where you ended up in, in rehab where, where I met you. In the spring that year, that was, so this was like, um, in April, actually May 11th or no, in April it was like probably April 11th. Um, we used to take our dog. He's dead now, but um, got a couple other dogs. But we used to take him to the to the vet every year over near our cabin. Anyway, so he's over there, and we we're gonna go there. And um, I was at the cabin. My wife was over there, but she was staying uh, with a friend who uh, was over near in the same, just like you know, in the in town. Right. And man, I got up there and it was, must've been Saturday. So I got up there Friday night and I was drinking. I was drinking before I left and I was drinking. Uh, then when I got to the cabin, I had to figure I had to drink a little bit uh, more when I got to the cabin. So that when I went to go see my wife and her friend and hang out, it wouldn't seem like I was all drunk by the time I got to the South yeah. Shore. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Cover your tracks. So I covered my tracks and I drank up a bunch and I went over there to hang out with them. And then, and they were good enough to offer me another couple of beers. So that I I drank them up and then I was, ah, well, I better get going home. It was about 1030. So I got home and then I stayed up till like two in the morning drinking beer. And I woke up at 630 and I was like, cool, man, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling so good. I was going to go back to sleep. And I said, I, I don't need any more sleep. And I got up. And then I, I had my usual coffee and 
and uh, Carol Ann's. I, that's what I do at the cabin in the morning. And then, then after that, I was like, man, it, it's vet. We're getting a vet appointment at 10 and it's like 7.30 now. I got some time to kill. And I couldn't, I didn't know what to do with myself. Right. And I was like, I can't, it's too early to drink beer. And I was like, oh, but I got that whiskey. But I got that whiskey. Oh, and I could go and do my recycling. Man, <laughs> I'm going to take that whiskey and put it in my cup and put that in the car. Right. And then so I get back and uh, and now I, just about time. So I go, go pick up my wife. I like stumbled out of the car. And she said, you've been drinking? I said, no. <laughs> I said, no. Deny, deny, not deny, deny. Right? <laughs> not today. <laughs> Sun goes up. Sun goes up, sun goes up, it's over the head of the house. I'm drinking, still drinking, still drinking. Sun in the west, sun down, dark outside, still drinking. Sitting in my chair with my right leg over my left, mm. enjoying myself. And I did that for like three days. Jeez. And then I went back to work on um, Tuesday after Labor Day, and I had drop foot mm -hmm. on my right foot. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Because my foot, I which is due that's due to um, nerve damage, right? And it and it can happen because you're sitting there like that. But I also was an indication that my B, I was low on B vitamins. Yeah, vitamins are for your nerves and right. other stuff. But for the record, anyway, just, so for the record, I just uncrossed my legs. Just yeah, I know. Just I've in case, and you, you just made me nervous. That's right. <laughs> just don't start drinking a whole bunch. That's right. <laughs> You'll be all right. So that was one thing. And then, and then, you know, I, I started poking around and said, I, my brother-in-law's in, in recovery. And I, I talked with him and he stopped by on his way up to the boundary waters and uh, dropped me a book. And I said, a big book. And I, you know, said, thank you. And he said, he said, when he walked down the stairs, he said um, something like, it doesn't have to be like this. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, I wanted to say like, what, man, everything's, when, like what I don't know you know but yeah you knew and I knew and I was like okay and then you know uh October 2nd I um I had a work meeting got pissed off it was like a big department meeting and I was like this is bullshit man I didn't say that but in my right. mind I'm like man these guys they don't know what they're doing and and they're not gonna do it and, and they don't you know and I'm like I'm done after this meeting I went got my lunch like I always did, I would get my lunch. Then I would go to my car and I put my lunch, on a, which is on a plate, in the passenger right. seat on the yeah. floor. Yeah. Then I would go for a drive and pull out some of that beer that I stocked behind there. It's nice and cold mm -hmm. in the back behind my seat. And I'd have a go have a couple beer. And it might be two. It was not one. It might be two. It was never one. <laughs> it was not one. It could be four, but I didn't really go to five. Right. Out of my lunch hour. So then I decided after I was almost back to work, I was like, man, I don't want to go back to work. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. And then so I decided I'm just going to go and do my usual refill for my 312s. I did that like two yep. and a half times a week. That's what I did. 312s a summit. And so I got my, I'm going to go to my liquor store, I'm going to get my 312s, and then I'm going to, you know, go home. And I was like, man, I don't want to go home. I want to go for a drive. Yep. <laughs> well, my wife was, I knew my wife had said, a, like, 
a conference or something downtown. She was going to be there all afternoon. So I had like three hours. I could get home before her. Well, I'm driving around like, where am I going to go? Shit, man. I, I haven't been to, um, I haven't been to Grand Marais in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Grand Marais is three hours from Duluth, you know? So I was I like, don't know. I don't, <laughs> unless you're from Duluth. Unless you're from Duluth. <laughs> you, you probably don't know, right? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. It's up by the Canadian border and it's a beautiful drive. So anyway, I went up there and I, and I stopped along the way for some more beer. Cause I like my beer cold. And then I got there and I, I stopped for some more beer and I, I did see somebody in the, um, liquor store that I thought was suspicious. Right. Thought they might be eyeballing me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were in line in front of me. So I was like, that's cool. Well, I'll keep an eye on that one. So I was getting some more beer, make it quick, get in my car. Sure enough, that, that guy gets in his car. Um, but turns out that his wife who was in the car had been watching me in and out of the store. Gosh. And his wife followed, you know, the two of them followed me home right. and called the popo. Oh boy. Yeah. And they set up a trap for me and uh, I got a DWI and didn't miss. You did, so, you did not miss. Did not miss that one. So yeah, I got, I spent the night in jail and then that was really the, that was the end of it. I mean, I was done. My wife was like, you're fucking crazy. And I'm like, yes, I am. And you need help. And I, you need some, the real deal. And I said, yes, I do. She said, you going to do it? I said, yes, I am. She said, you lying son of a bitch. <laughs> you are not going to do it. And that makes sense. Yeah. Cause I always avoided everything before, but I was done. I was cooked. I was, you know, I was happy. And then the best news is when my wife she made all the phone calls because I was incapacitated. When she called, uh, you know, the Great Northwoods Institution, right? The people there um, told her emphatically that I could not stop drinking until I got to treatment. Man, that was like my birthday. <laughs> yeah, I had to keep the pace up. So yeah, they- that's what that's what ended up doing. And then I met you, you know couple weeks later week yeah later. that and, and that's uh absolutely that's how you know how a lot of the stories work is that you go uh until the until the last second you can uh, b- before you stop so that brings us to the good stuff not that that wasn't a good story um, but that's the sad part of uh, the story that we all have uh as addicts and alcoholics but um Part of the reason I really want to have you on the podcast is for this part of your story. So um, I want you to talk to us about your journey um, into, or actually, we got we got to the, the we got to the information about your journey into recovery. But let's mm-hmm. talk about your journey through recovery up to now, or since I've seen you. I mean, I guess I saw you once about you know a little a little while after we got out. But yeah. since then, I know that uh, you've been been. Um, part of some interesting kind of alternative uh, recovery programs that aren't the, you know, the same old um, 12 step stuff that, that, that I've been a part of. Um, but there are, there's more of these kind of alternative ways to get uh, clean, stay clean and, and continue a healthy recovery. There's more and more of those out there. So anyway, tell us about what, what you've been up to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I tell you what, so um I guess it was actually when I went to treatment, I brought one book 
with me and it was um wherever you go there you are by john cabot zinn i'd read that rough basically when it came out in 95 and um you know i found it really helpful and like not only helpful but it was oh yeah of course like this is right up my alley um and it's, there's some meditation there and stuff like that but um i didn't really i was trying to do it on my own i was in uh school kind of crazy life and just couldn't really get myself to that point and i was i was actually very critical of myself not just when i was meditating but all the time <laughs> so right. it was a kind of a difficult thing but i one of the things in treatment that i found really helpful was at the end of the night just reading you know the book having something dedicated to do um learn revisiting that and having that quiet time at the meditation hall so i would do that and i'd meditate and whatnot and just kind of you know be um what do you call patient with myself kind of mm -hmm. just you know don't have any big expectations i mean you're in this house here with a bunch of drunks and addicts and everything like you know <laughs> you're all right just you know just you know you don't have to be perfect today right but anyway i kind of got myself straightened away that way and then at the end of my visit i went to uh this sort of uh retreat center associated with that institution and stayed there for a couple weeks and that was really a, a beautiful thing as well. There was a lot of sort of um, very open approach to recovery, spiritual recovery. Um, a lot of 12 step stuff too. Everybody's sort of an expert in the, in, in the 12 steps, whatever, and they, but they see it from different ways and a lot of recovery there. So I was really um, fortunate to, to be there and experience that. And when I got home, I, um, my history didn't, didn't really talk about this, but I grew up Jewish and, um, but we converted. Both of my parents were uh, Christian. Before that, my parents got divorced and then my mom converted to Judaism when I was seven. And that made a lot more sense to me than, than uh, the Christian view of, of God and concept of God and such, uh, Jesus and God um, and all that. And, um, but even so, there was this, um, you know, there's this kind of concept of God that I, that I never really resonated with me on any level. Nothing wrong with it. You know, they're not trying to convert you. Um, you know, can you do this? You know, something's got to happen and, and you got to let somebody in. Yes, I imagine I'd still be doing basically the same thing, uh, except that COVID came around. So I was going mm -hmm. to like five meetings a week, whatever. And then, oh, yeah, then we started one here, Hazel and Betty Ford. Oh. That's okay. We can say it. You know, I'm gonna say I was just about to jump in. We keep dancing around it like it's like it's a dirty word, but yeah. let's just say it. I mean, maybe I'd be happy to give them some business. Uh, <laughs> Herbert yeah. and I both went to Hazelden Betty Ford in in Minnesota, in Center City, uh, and then I went to the Hazelden um, outpatient uh, facility here in Chicago. They're both tremendous, amazing. You know, it's the it's the best in the world, I think, as far as like you know rehab and treatment centers um and the what you were just talking about was the lodge right where you went afterwards right yeah so the lodge program in the dan anderson renewal center yeah so the lodge yeah. is it's, it's uh right there you know connected to the center city like the main 
you know, kind of hub of it all. Um, but there's more meditation and stuff like that. I was lucky enough to spend uh, eight days there, I think, after I finished up my my stint uh, with you. And it is, it's really, it's amazing. It's where pe- if some people go there, they you know, they go back there for a little refresher. Uh, yeah. Even if they've been sober, been staying sober, staying clean, you go back to the renewal center, uh, which is perfect. The renewal center. I think that's renewal. A, yeah. It's a great way to say it. So it's not just like a rehab place where everyone's showing up uh, drunk uh, and high, like, like you and I did, but yeah. I'm back there going, you know what? I just need a little refresher, a little renewal. Uh, and it's wonderful anyway. So I want to yeah. say that out there. I, you know, I didn't put it in, in my book. I didn't name them um, because I, you know, I don't know who knows why it, yeah. you know, somebody get some lawyers calling me or something. But in this yeah. case, this is, this is a clearly a positive, like it's the best in the world. Not that they need our publicity, but no. uh, our, our, yeah. our, our marketing here, uh, <laughs> but they're an amazing thing. If, 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 I knew I was going to go there really for like five years. I knew like, Hey, when this is over, I'm going to hate it. I knew people who went there. It's in Minnesota, my favorite place in the world. Right. Uh, I used to go to summer camp. I'm gonna, I'm, I kept thinking, like, I'm going to go to a little different summer camp. Uh, right. this time. It turned out to be in the fall. I couldn't predict which season I was going <laughs> to have to go to rehab, but I knew I was going to go there. Anyway, it, it, saved my life. it saved my life, and I think it saved yours, too. Uh, yeah. So, so that's important. So anyway, you you so you started these meetings during COVID. Like A lot of people have these diff- different stories about what happened during, you know, with their recovery during COVID. So yeah. you started these like, you know, a uh, little online community as well, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, um, I started, well, we had a, we had a, the, the, oh, the, the Hazel and Bedford Alumni Association sp- hosts or sponsors right. groups around the nation. So I think it was uh, maybe, was it 17? It might've been whatever. I think it was actually 16 in the fall when I, or the spring when I, mm-hmm. after I got out we started a meeting here and there was one guy here who was guy who went there of course and he had like whatever 10 12 years of sobriety there's me this new guy and um so between the two of us we got this meeting going and so that was one of my meetings that i would go to a week so i think that uh was either five or six or whatever but um but i also went to the dan anderson renewal center i went four times a year it happened to be quarterly and i i focused on the um buddhism type retreats mindfulness type retreats that really helped because i was you know um trying to figure out a, a way in which i can sort of spiritually and from a, on a core basis connect with the principles of recovery there was a schism between that between you know the 12 step of ideas and concepts and who i am it right. just yeah it's some things you can't bridge and so sure. So there's that, but yeah. So the Buddhism stuff uh, kind of kicked in. Then it turns out there's a whole Buddhism and recovery uh, like network. Uh, there's a Buddhist recovery network online. Um, they've it's a clearinghouse resources and so on. There's an author named uh, Kevin Griffin who's written extensively on on Buddhism recovery. Um, he's you know got 35 years I think last as of last June and was really the first person to go. Hey, look, these concepts in the 12 steps are relate to buddhist principles that have been around mm-hmm. for 25 2300 years something like that so yeah and then when covid came around we started a meeting in in 18 or was it 19 it was 19 a buddhism recovery meeting here in duluth and me and uh three other people and uh one of the guys one of the one of the people owns this um uh, business like health 
you know, spiritual health yoga place right. kind of thing. I said, Hey, uh, what do you think? And he was like, who are you, man? Would you, you try to get rich or what? I'm like, no, 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 man. This is like all oh, on the up and up. Everything's free. Just like a, uh, anyway, it came together and we started this meeting. And, um, so that's been a real, a real joy and a blessing. So they're, and they're young, tend to be younger. And so you get a lot of like some wisdom coming out of some like 21 year old people is yeah, just I think amazing. That's why I think one of the best things, and this, this happens in obviously in AA <laughs> meetings too, but one of the best things about, um, you know, I go to a meeting, uh, my favorite place to go to meetings in Chicago is in kind of like a hip neighborhood, but there, uh, there's also a university there. And, uh, so there's like, you know, young urban professionals there with their, you know, who have like little kids. And then there's also college kids. And then there's people who've been living there for 30 years, you know, like some retired couples. And so in every meeting, and there's people just off the street, you know, so you can have someone who's living on the street in the meeting next to a, uh, you know, some biology major from the, from the university on the street. And, uh, you know, someone who works at the board of trade, uh, you know, and, and having that mixture, and then hearing like, the wisdom of these people who've been sober for 35 years and the wisdom of, uh, you know, some 23 year old person who's been sober for, for six months. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, there's a different kind of wisdom to share and, and everyone is so grateful, you know, to be there that you, you're, you're starting to listen for the first time to all these stories. Yeah. It sounds like what you're saying that the, there was something that was bugging you about those, those 12 steps that wasn't fitting with who you are. And yeah. that is a common feeling, right? And so it was, it was a common feeling for me too. I'm an atheist, you know, so an atheist uh, dealing with the you know, higher power thing is always an issue. Um, I, I, I got over it pretty easily, but, uh, and I, I remain an atheist, just so if anyone's listening, says, well, if you, if you join the AA or NA, then that means you have to, you know, go to church and believe in God. I still don't believe in God. I believe in that, that I'm not the, the, I don't control my own, uh, fate as far as my addiction, I need help. And the higher power for me is, uh, you know, working a program and, and being part of a community and, and, and working those steps. So that's how I dealt with it. And you found this other route too, through this Buddhist recovery network. And that's huge. I think that, that people need to know that there's other ways out there. There's a lot of people I know suffering at home, addicts and alcoholics going, man, I'd go, but I'm not, fuck that higher power shit. Yeah. I'm not doing it. Nope. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go in there and get on my knees and pray. Uh, I won't do it. I can't do it. And uh, I guess that this, you and I can both tell them, uh, you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have yeah. to. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of recovery that I don't do it. I, I didn't, I didn't have to compromise my beliefs. I didn't yeah. get, I've been to a few meetings where I'll say I'm an atheist and I get a kind of a crooked look, but you know what? I just don't go to that meeting anymore. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of them. You know, there's a lot of meetings. You can go to there's another one. Where they don't say the Our Father at the end, I never, I, you know, that's not my favorite. Uh, yeah. I like the Serenity Prayer; feels better to me. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's important to hear that that part of your story. Before we wrap up, Herbert, I want to get to, uh, uh, there you go. to the, the the part of our uh, the podcast where we talk about gratitude. So um, each of us can talk about one thing we're grateful for. Um, so I'm gonna let you start it off. All right, grateful. I have to say that this is. This is, uh, it's not one of the things that's really, that I really uh, have put in my recovery for sort of forefront. I, I've just found so many different, it's kind of what I was saying. I've just found uh, 
all sorts of different opportunity to be grateful on any old given occasion. Like the other day, I was telling you about those those little bits of sprigs with the yeah. web that I couldn't see. But I'm grateful for that for that that uh, experience, and it's fleeting. And the, and I'm also grateful that I can be you know, pretty sure that I'm going to be present to see the next one. You'll be there. You'll be present to see another one. Another one. Exactly. And I've got a good shot at, uh, you know, experiencing even the small joys. I mean, you're right. And and as you're, I'm I'm, I'm watching you uh, as you, as you say that, and the smile on your face is like, I know that, I know that feeling. I can see it in your face. It's a feeling I have, which is, man, not that long ago, even though it's a long time so you know, seven years to be, to be clean and sober, but not that long ago, uh, neither of us felt like the next day was guaranteed. And certainly we weren't present paying attention to anything important. Uh, not only are we now paying attention to what's important or noticing those, those small joys, uh, but we know that we're probably going to get a bunch more. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can only say probably, right. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I mean, I certainly didn't feel probably that I was going to see a bunch more of anything uh, that, that long yeah. ago. So you know what? Yeah, uh, that's perfect. And uh, and I almost cried. So I'm gonna. I'm. I'm not even gonna. I'm, I, I, that's the same thing. I'm grateful for you saying that. You know, <laughs> really for real. I think that you brought me to that place and it made me realize that today. So um, I want to thank, thank you for that. Yes. And I'm grateful for you, you, man. And I really appreciate uh, you uh, giving up some time to have a conversation with me today. Hey, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate it too. This is great. Um, nice to, I'm, I'm happy for the show. I'm Thanks. happy that you invited me and uh, it's been good. Thanks. Well, maybe we'll have you come back on an episode uh, every year on your birthday. How about that? That's right. <laughs> you know right. what? Do we got time for a story right quick? Oh yeah, real quick, quick one. Quick real one. quick. All yeah. right. Remember when I was in, uh, what you call it, Chicago in, in 2016? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I think you told me actually, I was looking for some meetings. You said, oh, go to the Presbyterian church. Yeah. Got on first or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I went to that, I went to that one. I could hardly find my way in there and I got to, got there and it was cool. And I was like, this is great. And then I was going to get myself some food. So I was like, oh, I had my mind, you know, I got my little like list of different food places. You know how I am. <laughs> yes, I do. So, <laughs> So I, I'm going to, I'm going to go to this place that's kind of out of the way. It's to the West, mm-hmm. but it's, but I got to go South. So I'm kind of going to the West, the, mm-hmm. the Southwest to get to this place. And once you know it, I, I, um, I walk by this guy and this guy, he's, it's like August. It's like August 4th, right. you know, it's like hot. <laughs> oh yeah. This guy is like, he's like big. It's, he's like, he's got a jacket on. He's got long <laughs> pants. And he's older than I am, and he's got a he's got a beard. And um, I was walking there, and we we you know, hey, how you doing? That kind of thing, you know, just like right. you know, not just like a little glance and nod. And like, <laughs> right. And and uh, next thing you know, he, he calls out to me, and I said, oh man, you know, all right, fine. So I say, hey, what's up? Because I don't, you know, I'm just yeah. I don't want to be like mean or not be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Bring that karma back on my ass. So I I go over and I say, hey, what's up? How you doing? And we shake hands and we're holding hands for a little while. And, and then he asked me something and I forget what it was, but it wasn't really asking for food or anything. Mm-hmm. And, and me, my, I think he might have asked me if I wanted to buy something from him. I, I forget mm-hmm. what it was, but it was, it was nothing like that. It was just, we were just chatting and whatever. 
And I said, hey, man, it was good seeing you. I'm, I'm going to go get myself. I got to go get myself some food. And he said, yeah, good seeing you. And you know what he said next? Mm -mm. Don't drink. Bullshit. Swear to God. Oh, my God. And I didn't tell him anything. Nope. Okay. <laughs> that's, it. That's, it. that's it that's a mic drop moment right there that's mic, mic drop. drop what that might have been the best ending of any interview ever but now it's time for some thank yous and goodbyes first of all thanks again to herbert for coming on the show today and for sharing parts of his story with me and the rest of the btl nation I definitely learned a thing or two from Herb today. And if you too learned something or enjoyed what you heard, be sure to rate and review the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And click the support the podcast link if you're feeling it. And if you really want to contact me, feel free to drop me a note at between the lines memoir at gmail.com. Or much easier option, just spread the word. Tell a friend if you have one, or tell two friends if you're super, super popular. But most of all, Thanks for listening today. And in the wise words of my Uncle Dave, keep it simple, be humble, and hope for the best. See ya.